I want to start by asking you a question. Can you list for me the books of the New Testament? What about the books of the Old Testament? Could you tell me what occurred on the days of creation? Can you tell me what happened in the ten plagues of Egypt? If somebody asked you, could you list the twelve sons of Jacob or the kings of Israel and Judah or what about the judges? I want to tell you something that happened to me. I, for the past 14 years, have been able to tell anyone and everyone who would ask me the twelve sons of Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Nathalie, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulon, Joseph, and Benjamin. I did not learn that in a Bible class. I did not learn that from a book. I did not learn that from a sermon. You'll be amazed, but I was 16 years old and I learned that from my four-year-old brother at the time. He taught me a song that he had learned in Bible class. And because of that song, I've been able to state the 12 sons of Jacob for 14 years. Then along came my children on the scene and through working with them, I have learned all kinds of interesting and important Bible facts. I can tell you what happened on the seven days of creation. I can tell you the Old and New Testament books. I can tell you what happened in the ten plagues. I can list the kings and the judges for you. I can tell you all the people listed in Hebrews 11. I can tell you the fruit of the Spirit. I can quote to you 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and following. All of that because of working with my kids. And I learned every single one of those things from songs. Now, the reason I'm telling you about this is because tonight... At 5.40, we're going to start something that is very special to me that I enjoy a great deal, and I am so glad we're going to start. We're going to start Bible drill. And yes, it is focused on our children and the fact that we want our children to know their Bibles, and we want to know our Bibles. And I plan on taking steps with your kids to get them to know important Bible facts. But I wanted to talk just a few minutes this morning about why it's important. Why are we doing this? And why ought you to be here and bring your kids so that they can know their Bibles and so that you can know your Bible? So please, let's open up the Word of God and learn why this sort of thing is important. The very first reason why we are doing this is because the things in the Bible were written for our learning. Look in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, Paul wrote in Romans 15, 4, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. We need to learn the things that were written beforehand. And our children need to learn. Why? Because that's the only way they're going to have hope. Let's face it, we live in a dismal world and there's not much hope out there. But if we can teach our children, if we can learn ourselves the Scripture and the Word of God, then we can have hope. If we look in Hebrews chapter 11, the Hebrew writer demonstrates this. As he wrote Hebrews chapter 11 and he listed throughout this chapter these people of faith like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and on through the list he goes. And as we read this chapter and notice these people of faith, and we look at what God did for them, we gain hope. But if we don't know who these people are, we can't have hope, can we? And if our children don't learn who these people are, then this Bible chapter, and in fact the Bible itself, will be dead to them. But these things were written for our learning. And so we ought to learn them. 
And so we're going to have special times of teaching to help instill these Bible facts with our children and in our children's hearts and in ours, if we'll be involved as well. The second thing is that the Scripture is what will give our children wisdom for salvation. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, "...but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus." All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul was able to tell Timothy, you go back to what you've learned from your childhood. Timothy had been given a foundation in the Scriptures, and Paul said, that will make you wise for salvation. I look at my children. For those who don't know, I have three. Seth is six, Ethan is four, and Ryan is one and a half. And as I look at those children, especially when they're asleep, I see innocence. Because they haven't sinned. And they don't know sin. Yet. But I know full well that one day will come when they will have understanding of right and wrong, and they will understand what God has done for them, and of their own free will will choose to turn their backs on God and sin. I know it's coming. Romans 3.23 says that day comes for all of us. But right now, I have a few years in which I can prepare them for that day. I know I can't keep that day from coming as much as I would like. But I can prepare them for that day. I can get them ready for that day so that when that day comes and the full weight of their sin rests on their shoulders, they can know from the Scripture the wisdom that will bring them to salvation. They can know where to turn to have that guilt removed. I can prepare them for that. But only through the Scripture. And only through knowing the Word of God. And we can only do that through knowing the Word of God. In addition, Paul pointed out, not only will it make us wise into salvation, but it will make us thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want that for my kids. I want Tessa and Ethan and Ryan, and I want your kids to be equipped for every good work. I want them to have that kind of spiritual maturity that comes from Scripture. And I don't want it for them when they're 60. I want it for them by the time they're 16. I don't want to wait until they're out on their own to start telling them about those things. I want them to know it now. The only way I can do that is by teaching them the Word of God. The only way we can have our kids prepared and thoroughly equipped for every good work is by teaching them the Word of God. And so because of that, we're going to take special steps to teach our kids the Word of God and important Bible facts and things that are mentioned in Scripture. The third reason that we're doing this is because we've got to give our children a foundation and a framework from which they can learn the rest of the Bible. Obviously, just a moment ago, I made some very strong statements about what I want for my kids by the time they leave my home. 
Frankly, I want my kids to know everything by the time they leave home. I want them to have complete understanding of the Scripture by the time they leave home. But I realize that they won't. I understand that when they leave my house, they are still going to have lots and lots of things to understand about the Word of God. And they've got, they'll have lots of growing to do. I can't give them everything. But what I can give them, and what we can all give all of our children, is a foundation. We can give them a framework. It's like hanging up a rack on the wall with pegs in it, upon which for the rest of their lives they'll be able to hang all their new understanding. We can provide that foundation. We can provide that framework by teaching them what happened in the Bible, by teaching them about the people in the Bible, by teaching them about the events in the Bible, by teaching them about things like the fruit of the Spirit and the virtues mentioned in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8. through 8. We can provide our children with that framework and that foundation. And as they gain that understanding, what we learn from the Scripture is that more understanding will follow. Look in Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 23, Jesus said, Mark chapter 4, verse 23, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse 24, He said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. As we begin our children in this process of learning the Bible, those who hear and learn are primed and ready to hear and learn more. And our job is to give them that foundation. Understanding begets more understanding. And here we have these children who are primed and ready to learn. You would be amazed. It often amazes me. Most of us adults have it exactly backwards. We often think to ourselves, when our children get older, they'll be able to learn more easily. Do you realize that the older you get, the harder it is for you to learn? Our children learn more easily than we do. In fact, the younger they are, the more easy it is for them to remember things. The fact is, if you don't already know the books of the Old Testament and you're over the age of 30, if you have a child that is three years old, they'll learn them before you will, if you work with them. And they'll embarrass you. Because they learn more easily. And why not take advantage of these years to build that foundation and to provide them the framework that they need to grow and understand so that they can be better than we are when they're, that, when they're our age. Why are we doing this? We're not doing this just so we can have something for the kids. We're doing this because this is an opportunity we have to teach. These things were written for our learning. It was written for their learning. The Scriptures will give them wisdom, and the Scriptures will provide a framework for them. Why do you need to come and make sure you bring your children with you? Well, number one, you need to come and bring your children with you because... Our job is to train up our children in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, the Scripture there says, Train up the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Our duty is to train up our children. 
And through these sessions, through these special studies that we're going to be having, you can train your children in two ways. Number one, by example. The fact is, our kids recognize what we have to go through to make sure we make it to services. Our children understand what we're giving up and what we're sacrificing to come and worship God. And when we make the sacrifice to be here about 20 minutes earlier at 5.40 instead of 6, our children learn something from that. They're trained that worshiping God and serving Him and learning His Word is very important. And they'll learn by that example. Amazingly enough, so many of us parents will go out of our way to make sure our children learn their math and their science and their English because we want them to grow up to be doctors and rocket scientists. And they learn from that. This is important. But they also need to take with them what is more important. Learning this. Because they can grow up and be doctors and rocket scientists and still go to hell. But if they grow up learning this and knowing this, they may be poor, but they'll go to heaven. And I believe that's what we'll prefer. So we train our children by our example, but secondly, we'll be training them just by what they learn. As we gather together in these sessions, we're going to be learning things like how to worship God and how we behave when we worship God. We're going to be learning things like what are the fruit of the Spirit and what does that mean? We're going to be learning things about evangelism. You ever heard the song, Roll the Gospel Chariot Along? You know what that song is? That's a song about evangelism. We're going to teach our children that from the very beginning. We're going to be teaching them all kinds of things. And we'll be training them as we teach them these songs. We sing some amazingly beautiful songs in our worship. Sometimes we might do well, though, to go back and sing some of those songs we learned as children. They're simple, and yet sometimes they are so profound and we forget those messages. Like, be careful little eyes what you see and be careful little ears what you hear. We don't sing those songs anymore and sometimes we forget that we're Christians and that's what we're supposed to do. We're training our children in those things and you need to make sure your children are there. In fact, even if you don't have children, it might be good for you to come and be trained as well, even if all you do is sit and listen as we work with the children. As we continue on, we recognize that as parents, we're given the command to take time to instruct our children. I remember that under the old law in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6, Moses said unto the old covenant, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, he said, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You'll bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You'll write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Under the old law, parents were given the command to teach their families and their children. And the new law is no different. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, the Scripture there says, You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That's our job, to bring our children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And how much more, if under the old covenant they could not really provide forgiveness of sins, they were told to teach their children constantly and consistently, how much more we, under the new covenant, they have better promises and a better mediator. How much more should we be teaching our children so that they'll know the Scriptures and learn the will of God? We need to take time to do that. 
When Moses described this process to the children of Israel, he talked about when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, but let's face it, with our fast-paced society running from one event to another event, getting, getting Susie to, uh, to Girl Scouts and getting Johnny to Boy Scouts and to the play and to soccer and all these other things that we've got our kids involved in. And of course, we're involved in so many things. We don't spend much time sitting in our houses anymore, do we? And it's regrettable, but family meals are all but out the window for the majority of our society. And because of the cars, we don't spend much time walking in the way anymore, do we? Well, here is a golden opportunity to take time for your children to be instructed. And what's even better about it is that the things that we'll learn and study in these sessions are so simple that in your five-minute drive to school with them, or perhaps 30-minute drive, you'll be able to review and go over so much Bible information that you'll be doing what the Scripture says, taking time to instruct your children. And they'll see how important it is. And won't that be awesome for our families? I talked to a friend who teaches in a college. And he said that he would poll, kind of unofficially, the folks within that college, and he would poll the ones that seemed to have it together spiritually. And ask them an unofficial questionnaire to try to understand what is it about these, because they have all different kinds of families, they come with different parents, different backgrounds. What is it that makes these college-age students so spiritually mature? And he said that he couldn't find one thing. It wasn't an issue of mom and dad always said prayers with him before bed. It wasn't a fact that they always had a daily devotional. But the one thing that came out of it is that each and every one of those young people said that I could tell that the most important thing to my parents was going to heaven. And we need to let our children see that. That that is the most important thing. It's obviously not foolproof. Children can be raised right and go wrong. And children can be raised wrong and go right. But if we're going to do our part, we need to let our children know that the most important thing in the world to us, not golf, it's not computer games, it's not television, it's not work, and it's not even school, the most important thing, serving the Lord and going to heaven. They need to see that. And finally, you need to come because not only will your kids learn, but you'll learn. And you'll be able to add to your faith knowledge. Look in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, Peter provides the plan for going to heaven. And in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. And he goes on with other characteristics that we're supposed to add. But we need to add to our faith knowledge. We're not allowed to sit back and say, hey, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, now that's it. We need to learn more. And I guarantee you, if you come to these sessions, you will learn things that you didn't know. Because we're going to be learning things from the Word of God. And we'll be doing it simply. Your children will learn it, your grandchildren will learn it, and you can learn it. And we'll also find out that we'll remember things that we forgot we knew. 
We look in Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. Peter said, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. We'll be reminded of so much Bible information. We can learn from the Word of God while our children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews and friends' kids are learning. Even if you just come and sit and listen. I recognize that this special session we're having at 540. I'll notice I keep repeating that. 540. That means you need to be there at 535. It's not another assembly. If you don't come, you're not forsaking the assembly of the church. I understand that. But it's something that will really help you. Now, if you don't come at 6 o'clock, you are forsaking the assembly. I'll just throw that in here for free. Uh, but if you don't come at 540, you're not forsaking, but it'll be really helpful. And you'll learn the Scriptures. And you'll learn important things. It'll be good for adults of all ages. It'll be great for new converts and folks that are trying to learn Scripture because you'll find out things and learn things that'll help you with the framework as you're trying to put together the Bible story in your own mind. It's going to be an awesome time. And make sure everybody can come. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I have to let it out. Because I almost decided to put it off till next week because I found out that my family's actually leaving for Chattanooga this afternoon and so three of the kids won't be here tonight. Isn't that awful? I told Marita that she was going to have to report to the elders about that. So what that means then is that the rest of you, you got to make sure your kids are there because they're going out of town for something special. But they'll be back for next Sunday night. But we've got to have folks here to learn. I want to invite you to be there. Would you pull out your songbooks, please?